Thanks for listening to the podcast of Hope Church in East Hampton, Connecticut. Our mission is to love God, love people, and serve the world. To find out more about Hope Church, be sure to check out our website at cthope.com. Oh, that was fun. Hey, listen, we love kids at Hope Church. Um, but you know what? That's not, those aren't songs just for kids. Those are songs for all of us. Right? Yeah. It's okay. It's okay. We're going to, more, is that, well, yes, for sure. Uh, if you are interested in knowing more about our kids' ministry, uh, you should contact the church, um, our awesome children's ministry director, by the way, who is not Desiree Ramirez anymore. <laughs> Officially, she was married two weeks ago. She is now Desiree Roach. So congratulations, Des. Awesome. I know that she would love uh, to talk to you about maybe a possible role that you can have. And they ro- those roles range from greeting to music to teaching to just being a small group leader and hanging out with kids. To, there's, there's tons of different roles. You could, you could go with the babies, the littlest, tiniest, cutest ones, all the way through uh, fifth grade. And so that's a lot of fun. We are in the middle of a series called You, Me, and God. And it's a series about something called the Enneagram. And now what we do know is that there are going to be people here every week who are kind of coming in mid, kind of mid-series. And so it's important for us to kind of explain what we're doing and why we're doing it. The Enneagram is a tool, a personality typing tool, if you will, uh, that helps us know a little bit more about ourselves. And um, I know when I say that, a lot of you would be like, oh, I'm out. I promise, don't check out yet. I think, we would not be doing this series if we didn't think there was some richness for all of you uh, in this series. Um, We all have unique strengths and weaknesses, do we not? Come on. We all have unique strengths and weaknesses. In fact, we are looking at a verse, kind of one of our key verses for this whole series. We find in Psalm chapter 139, verse 13 and 14, it says, You made, this is someone talking to God, you made all the delicate inner parts of my body and knit me together in my mother's womb. Thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. Now, if you came with someone this morning, you might want to say, see, I'm just complex. There's no right or wrong personality at all. But we do think if we know ourselves a little bit better, we are going to have a better understanding how people work around us and how that impacts our relationship with God. In other words, I said the first week, the Christian journey is really a movement three ways. When we're a Christian, we're moving upwards towards God, we move outwards towards other people, and we move inwards toward ourselves. All three parts of those are the spiritual journey that we're all on. And so the more we understand ourselves, the more we will understand our relationship with God. And the more we will understand how people work and think and what motivates them, we will understand in our, in, our, um, in our relationships with other people, 
better. There's this other key verse for this series. Matthew chapter 22, starting in verse 37. Jesus said, You must love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. That's that journey upward. We're all in that journey, okay? That's the first and greatest commandment. He goes, but the second is equally as important. Love your neighbor, that's the outward, as you love yourself. That's the inward. And the entire law and demands of the prophets are based on these two commands. So, last week, Carrie uh, kicked off the numbers uh, with looking at the number nine. And I want to put up a slide here that just shows you all the different numbers. I don't want you to get super caught up in it yet. But here's where we are. We're not necessarily going in order. We talked about the number nine, kind of the top of the circle. We're going to number eight, and then we'll get to number one next week. And for those of you who are ones, the perfectionists like me, this is probably killing you that we're going out of order. But there's a reason why we're doing this, because it's important to see there, there are all sets of numbers are broken up into three different categories, and we think it's the most helpful to teach in each of those categories first, and that, so that's why we're doing that. So Carrie talked about last week the nine the, called the peacemaker, and um, it's really interesting because today I'm going to talk about the personality number eight called the challenger, and it's really interesting that they're next to each other on this uh, diagram, because I don't know that you could get more opposite. And we'll talk about that. But I thought maybe I'd have a little fun with this. I found a website um, that looks at the Enneagram, and they would look at it through a Disney princess's eyes. And so we're going to do that really quickly this morning. And so, so help me here, Bob, on this first slide. Um, Carrie, last week, talking about the Enneagram 9, I know it's hard for you to read that there, um, we would call maybe Cinderella a peacemaker, an Enneagram 9. Here's, here's a quote from Cinderella. I know it isn't easy, but at least we should try to get along together. Cinderella might be that picture for you when we talked about last week where you want to mediate. You need peace. That's a, that's a core motivation for you. You need peace in your life. We're going to talk about the eights, though, today, and if it's helpful to start this off, let's just call Enneagram 8 Jasmine from the movie Aladdin. You guys know what I'm talking about here? Here's a quote from Jasmine. How dare you, all of you, standing around deciding my future? I am not a prize to be won. That's right. Suzanne Stabile says the number eight is maybe the most misunderstood number on this entire chart. I know a bunch of you in this room are eights. I have a lot of friends. who Someone's already acknowledging it. A lot of friends who are eights. I think I have a little bit of eight in me. But here's some descriptive words for an eight. Maybe let's see how some of this resonates with you. An eight is self-confident, strong, Restless, energetic, domineering, assertive, straight-talking, protective, resourceful, and decisive. Now, you might be an eight. You might be an eight. And I encourage you all to take your time with this. Okay, You don't have to figure it out today. But you might be an eight if you've been told before that you are too blunt or aggressive. 
Stop with the elbows, people. Come on. You might be an eight. If you believe justice is worth fighting for, you, you, eights have no problem uh, speaking truth to power. Uh, you might be an eight if you enjoy every now and then, even in good space, a, a good verbal skirmish. You might be an eight if you have a hard time trusting people. You might be an eight if you have no tolerance for bullies. Again, according to the book I read, they say eights are never bullies. They're the ones who stand up to the bullies. I uh, talked to my friend Pete this week, who's going to be on our podcast uh, tomorrow, but uh, Pete's a good friend of mine. He says, how, how, did, how did he know he was an A? I asked him. He says, I'm a disruptor, not a peacemaker. I care little about image. I assess and respond. I run towards danger. I don't shy from conflict. And I'll rally people to get things done, whether they believe they can or not. The strengths of this personality is you are bold, you're strong, you make quick decisions, you make things happen. You never give up. Or at least, maybe I've said another way, you don't know when to give up. You're incredibly direct in your language. This is the most energetic personality in the Enneagram. You're black and white thinkers. You think for yourself. You're also very big picture thinkers. You're future oriented. You're natural leaders. And even though you have this external like hard shell on the inside, you're soft. And often your instincts are right. Eights need power and control. So, so like if the uh, Enneagram number Nine needed peace. The number eight needs power. When they walk into a room, that's the lens they see things through. Who's the powerful person in this room? Are they more powerful than me? And the core sin of the Enneagram Eight is the lust for power and control. You want to reshape every situation that you're in, how you want it to be. You're very aware of what you want to do, and you are going to go do it, come hell or high water, right? Which also makes you sometimes unaware of the feelings of people around you. And you don't always want the input of others. And you could probably see by now why Eights become to be, to be so misunderstood. They're a very powerful person, and often they rub people the wrong way. Often people are intimidated by eights. Just trying to think again. We want to take the lens of Scripture and place it over everything because Scripture above all, right? But I think here are some verses. If you resonate with these verses, maybe you're an eight. Here's a few that I have. 2 Timothy 1.7. God has not given you a spirit of fear and timidity, but of power, of love, and of self-discipline. Eights love that verse. Hebrews 13, chapter 6 says, We can say with confidence... The Lord is my helper. I love this part. So I will have no fear. What can mere people do to me? Who cares what they think? We're going. We're doing this thing. 
Here's another verse. And again, you might want to take notes. We have, we have our bulletins that we give out in the back. You, you'll write these down. You could go through them later. But here's another one. Those who trust in the Lord find new strength. They soar high on wings like eagles. They run and they don't get tired. They don't grow weary. They'll walk and they won't faint. You are motivated. This is really important. When we talk about this, we want to key in on what motivates you. You are motivated by a need to be strong. I'm going to say that again because I don't want to miss this part. You are motivated by a need to be strong. A mantra of an A. In fact, my friend Pete says this all the time. He's like, bring it. I asked him about that. He says, in everyday life, you know, he goes, I wake up ready to get after it. I'm not undone by crisis or chaos. I'm resourceful and an eternal optimist. And he, I thought this was funny. He goes, the wing fell off? Eh, no worries, we got this. And your motives determine your behavior. I've said this a bunch of times over the past year in my speaking. Your motives determine your behavior. What you believe, in other words, determines how you behave. And so the question I would have for eights, if they have a desire to be strong, what are you believing right now? Because it will impact your behavior and how other people see you and perceive you. Here's one of the things I love about the Enneagram versus other personality typings. And I noticed this right away when I started reading and looking into this. Um, one of the things that Enneagram does is it exposes who we are, like for real. Like everybody wants to take a, a test called Strengths Finder, right? It's all the good stuff about us, but what about the stuff that we really struggle with in our core? And that's what I mean about when we are able to see that and really see what our motivations are and how people perceive us, it changes the way we behave. So here's what might happen. When you look at these numbers and you're like, ooh, I resonate with that. That's me, that's me. And in the same breath, you're like, ooh, that's me. You know what I mean? If you're doing that, you might find where you are as far as that goes. And, um, you know, so, so the Enneagram challenges us. And I think for eights, this is especially hard. Especially hard. In my experience, and, and I could be wrong about this, but in my experience with uh, people who are eights, um, they don't typically like personality testing. They don't like the Enneagram or any kind of personality test. They have their very strong opinions, and they, they trust their opinions. They trust their judgment on things. They trust their instinct more than a number or being put in a box. And most significantly, they don't like being told where they might be weak. Because it's going to force us to say, oh my goodness, I have this problem with this lust for power and control. I never saw it that way. And they don't want people to know that. You know, you say that a lot of times, eights, as they were growing up, saw people in power, and people used that power to control others. 
And maybe that happened for you when you were a child. Maybe you had to stand up for yourself at a young age. Maybe you had to make it work because there wasn't another caregiver around to take care. And so you have this built into you that you are going to make it work no matter what. And so your control now as an adult of your life and of situations is most important to you. Here are some weaknesses of eights. That leads me to some of the weaknesses. If you don't get anything else, I want you to get this. You see vulnerability as a weakness instead of a strength. You see being vulnerable as a weakness instead of a strength. And I heard uh, another pastor say, you know, there's a difference between being transparent and between being vulnerable. If vulnerable is when we could really let it out in front of other people. We have people that we trust around us. To feel, but being transparent, you say, yeah, I struggle with this, but they don't really get into that deeper piece of it. Here's some other weaknesses. You have no clue how strong you come off to other people. You can tend to be insensitive. You struggle with tact. You might even tend to be combated, combative and confrontational in your words and in your energy towards other people. You hate the word submission. Eights might be known more for what they are against than what they're for. Eights can tend to overmanage and underlead. In other words, like we already said and alluded to, you will tend to steamroll your way through. If someone's not on the wagon with you, you're going anyway, and therefore you steamroll over people. Come on, the only the strong are going to survive. Keep up, let's go. And you tend to think you're always right. <laughs> and, and often you are. You're a very instinctual person. So what happens when we become unhealthy eights? Well, one of the lessons and the wisdom of the Enneagram is we, and here's, this is why you are not in a box, you take on other characteristics of other numbers as you move in strength and in weakness. And one of the things that eights may tend to do is move towards that five, which, which sometimes means that when you become stressed and unhealthy, you all of a sudden become uh, secretive and fearful. You begin to withdraw. You begin to become introverted. You begin to maybe plan and scheme. And this is when you and other people around you need to start paying attention. And this is, again, a really important concept you must grasp as people, especially followers of Jesus. We have to strive to be the healthiest versions of ourselves, And this is why, again, I love this tool. And so when we see that unhealth in our life and where we begin to move, we can now look at the truth of God's word and say, oh, yeah, I need to work on that. I need to work on that. But what does it look like when you're in health? Because eight is a great number. When you're a healthy person, you become strong and confident. And truthfully, in this space, many people want to follow you. You are a natural leader. When you're healthy, you become much more 
perceptive to what's going on around you. You're perceptive to the room. You tune into people's feelings better when you're Nate. You become more tender and compassionate in your approach with others. You speak truth, but you do it in love. You become a really healthy version of the number two. When you, when you are healthy, you, be, you take on the great traits of a two, which means you are going to go and you are going to serve. You're going to roll up your sleeves no matter what and no matter who it's for, and you're going to go and say, what do you need? I'm here to get this done for you. When you're healthy, that's what happens. And you have all the energy to do so. I asked again my friend Pete, what do you wish people knew about eights so that they can relate to you better? And he says, you know, I know I could come across arrogant or patronizing. And deep down, though, I know I'm not perfect and I can be wrong. I genuinely don't want to dismiss others or ignore their perspective. Eights are resolute, and when interacting with an eight, don't mistake direct for rude. Do not assume an eight is trying to offend you. They're stating what's obvious to them. When discussing important matters with them, be specific and clear about your expectations and provide objective, factual, and compelling evidence. Don't be as, as concerned about offending them. Just be clear. It may take time for an eight to agree, but once they're on board, they'll be your greatest ally. Be direct with eights. Get to the point with eights. Be careful about assuming their intent, because they often mean well and have pure hearts. And eights, let's just admit it, they often tell us what we need to hear, not just what we want to hear. And again, I'm just going to say, as a pastor, I've been doing this a long time, you need people like that in your life. People get really, really offended when they tell you what you need to hear. Of course, there's that, there's that condition. It needs to be done in love. But you need people around you to do that. When I think about maybe a biblical example of an eight, the first Peter, uh, the first person that comes to mind is a, is a man named Peter. A lot of you know who Peter is, this great apostle in the Bible. Some of you have no idea. But let me just tell you briefly some of the ways we see Peter in God's word. First of all, when Jesus met him, his name was not Peter, at least that's not who he went by. He went by the name of Cephas. And Jesus looked at him, and by the way, knowing all of who he was and how he created them, just complex and perfect, he goes, I'm going to call you Peter, which means rock. Jesus saw something in his personality. Boundless energy, stamina, boldness, strength, confidence to lead others, both now and after Jesus was going to be gone, he pointed Peter and said, this guy could be the one to help further the kingdom. In fact, Jesus says later, on that rock, on Peter, I'm going to build my church. Peter was the first one. When the waves were going crazy and the wind was going crazy and the boat was about to capsize and people started fearing for their lives, they saw this figure in a distance and it's Jesus coming on the water, walking on water. I know it sounds crazy, but this is what the Bible tells us. He's walking towards the boat. And Peter's the one who jumped out and says, I want to come to you, Jesus. He says, jump overboard. And Peter walks on the water. That's that bold, ready for anything, adventurous, let's go and do this. 
Peter was the first one to say, I'm not going to deny you, Jesus. I would never do that. Open mouth. Insert foot. Typical eight. You're not leaving with my friend Jesus in handcuffs. Pulls out sword. Chops off the dude's ear. Typical eight. Of course, Jesus took that ear and put it back on that gentleman. The way of Jesus isn't for Gentiles. It's only for Jews. I'm right about this. Jesus had to work on his heart there. And we know that eventually Peter died for the cause of spreading the good news of Jesus throughout the world. And certainly, I'm convinced in part because of his boldness. He went where no one went before. He becomes a martyr for his friend Jesus and the church. And the best we know from history and from the books that we read, he was sentenced to be crucified just like Jesus was. And by the time it happened, he goes, I am not worthy to be crucified the same way Jesus was. Flip me upside down. That's boldness and courage. And that's how the church was born. And that's why we sit here today. Because I think in the same way, he became the healthiest version of himself and served other people even in his death. Eights, if you're an eight, I want you to hear these verses because I think these next verses I read are for you. You need to get this in your repertoire. Proverbs chapter 15, one says, a gentle answer turns away wrath or deflects anger, but harsh words make tempers flare. If you think you might be innate or you have a person in your life that's innate, share this verse with them. 1 Corinthians chapter 13 verse 11 says this, when I was a child, I spoke and I thought and I reasoned as a child, but when I grew up, I put away childish things. Here's what I want to say to eights. Whatever happened to you when you were a child that made you have to stand up and be this strong person for you and for everyone around you to the point where you have to be in power and control, I want you to take a step back and say, I really need to tune into what God, he, I need to listen to him. I need to put away the things that are plaguing me from so many years ago. Ephesians chapter 4, verses 15. Instead, we will speak the truth in love, growing in every way more and more like Christ, who's the head of the body, the church. Speaking truth. Yes, be that bold, passionate personality, but make sure you are infusing love and understanding and tact into your conversations with others. But maybe most of all, here's the key verse for today. 2 Corinthians chapter 12, starting in verse 9, says, My grace is all you need. My power works best in weakness. Let me say that again. My power, my strengths work best in weakness. And so you can 
be, you know, boast about your weakness so that the power of Jesus can work through you. That's why I take pleasure in my weakness and in the insults and the hardships and the persecutions and the troubles that I suffer. For when I am weak, then am I strong. What I think the word is for you, if you think this is kind of your personality, you need to hear that there is strength in vulnerability. There is strength in opening up to people around you. Here's what eight needs to hear. You can trust other people. Stop being so self-reliant. Yes, your gut instincts are often right. Yes, you may know what to do. You're a natural leader, but you also have to invite people in. You need people around you that you can be vulnerable with. That's strength. Don't try to walk it alone. Be aware of the room. Speak with thoughtfulness and tact. Become vulnerable with others. Begin to open up your heart to trusting them. Rely on God in His strength, not your own. And remember, you might be wrong sometimes. And in closing, if you're the parent of an eight child, we'll have a special prayer time after the service for you. (laughs) God, thank you for this time. Thank you for your word that lights our path. God, thank you for the truth of your word that guides our hearts. May we never put our faith in a tool. God, you have fearfully and wonderfully made us complex people. Help us on the journey, God. Be all that you created us to be in the most healthy way. And I pray for eights in this room. They might not even know it yet. They might know that's a weird thing. Don't call me a number or whatever. But God, I'm going to pray over people in here right now that you would allow them to open up their hearts to others. That you, they would allow you to become the lead and the strength of their life. That they would give you control first and foremost. And God, when they lead, because they will lead, that they would be an example of the believer in word and in faith. God, I pray for our church as we go through this journey. I know it's a unique one. I know it's a different one. But God, I pray that you would open up our hearts and minds and make us teachable, make us humble, and make us ready to interact with the people we come in contact with each day, God, as the most healthy light of the world that we can be for you. You've called us to that. And so I thank you for the wisdom we find. We love you. In Jesus' name.